Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. We're continuing again today in Romans chapter 8, talking about the key to the Christian life, the renewing of the mind, learning to think like the Word of God, learning to think by the power of the Holy Spirit, and literally come into a control that brings us into a life of discipleship, blessings by God every single day. Well, I'm not going to preach it now. Join me, and let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bobby Andy. Glad to have you here today. We began yesterday. Today is number two. We're talking about Romans chapter eight. We're going through it verse by verse. And I love this particular chapter. In fact, it's one of my favorite chapters in the Word of God because it's just such a glowing picture of what God has done for us. That was found in chapter one through chapter seven. But now in chapter eight, he talks about the future that we have with him and really the glory of becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in the freedom that God gave us at the point of the new birth and walking in that every day. We all suffer setbacks and Paul did in chapters uh, six and seven. And in those two chapters, Paul just, you know, he got even confusion and, and, and this fighting inside of himself when he became carnal. And so, but by the time we come to chapter eight, he understands something. That carnality did not separate me from my eternal life. I still have it. And so this is the beauty. This is kind of the daylight after two chapters of darkness that comes on. Verse one says this, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The second part of that verse, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, doesn't belong there, it belongs in verse four. And, and, and good commentaries will tell you that, that the translators added in there again. We find the same phrase in verse four, that's where it belongs. Walking after the flesh and not after the spirit has nothing to do with our salvation. Salvation comes and is ours eternally, but the walk of faith afterwards, this is discipleship. Discipleship is controlled by whether you walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And if you do get caught up walking after the flesh, you are still a Christian, but you're called a carnal Christian, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But carnality can be changed by simply confessing your sins, 1 John 1, 9, and God forgives you of that sin in your life, but you're a Christian getting forgiven, not a sinner being forgiven for salvation. So I'm a child of God who has sinned, and that way I get rid of that sin. I come back, and now I'm a spiritual Christian. That phrase will be found down in verse 4. So there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I will never be condemned in life, and I will never be condemned in eternity. I might be disciplined in life, but as far as condemnation here, that's talking about the wrath of God. I have been taken and made free from the wrath of God. Verse two goes on to say, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I still carry the law of sin and death in my body. But my spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, is completely clean, made alive. The Holy Spirit enthrones himself there. The whole key to the Christian life is really the renewing of the mind. And this chapter, although it will mention it in here, that's not the theme of this chapter. This chapter is setting the goal in front of us for a joyous, spirit-filled life, a joyous, spirit-filled eternity that we have with God, walking in the spirit, walking free from sin, fulfilling the will of God, and not only that, but all of nature around us. We are, we are literally 
in this life right now, and just as we still carry a curse in our flesh, there's a curse in this earth, but God's gonna redeem us from our curse in our flesh with a resurrection body, and even all of nature will one day break forth into the same glorious liberty as the children of God. There's redemption yet to come for us. My redemption for going to heaven is complete, but my redemption from this controlling nature of the flesh will come one day with a resurrection body. Then for all of eternity, I'm gonna live with God. I will never face hell. I will never face the lake of fire. I might have torment in this life if I allow myself to walk by the flesh, but in that case, I'm just a confused, dumb Christian at the time. God wants me to be a smart, spirit-filled, walking in the word of God, walking under the control of the Holy Spirit, joyous believer in this life. So verse two says again, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means eternally it cannot separate me from God. Verse three, and this is where we left off yesterday, for what the law could not do, it cannot save you, never was designed to save you. It was designed to teach you about Jesus Christ for what the law could not do in that it was weak through our flesh. Our flesh could not keep it. And that's what sinners do today. They rely on themselves to get to heaven. I think if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, but the point of it is your good deeds, if you're not born again, comes from your flesh and your bad deeds come from your flesh. And in the flesh dwells no good thing. You cannot get to heaven on your own. It demands that you accept Jesus Christ as savior. Verse three says again, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, then he condemns sin in the flesh. Here's the point. God set us free from the nature of the flesh, but we have to learn to continue to walk in that. The moment you got born again, the flesh could not control you at that time, but you can give it permission to do so, but you're a Christian giving your flesh accountability to take control of your life. God wants you to repent of that, come back and have the Holy Spirit take control of your life. I said it yesterday, but the moment you as a Christian listen to your flesh and go, okay, I'll do that. The Holy Spirit living in you doesn't move out of you. He just simply folds his arm and says, I'm not gonna control you. I have no control. You gave the control I have over your life to your flesh. And once you repent and ask God to forgive you, then your flesh folds its arms, and then the Holy Spirit begins to take control of you again. God either wants you at that time right there to be saved, first of all, then he wants you to be under the control of the Holy Spirit living inside of you, but that's where the renewing of the mind takes place. It'll be mentioned in this chapter, but really emphasized later on in chapter 12. So what the law could not do, he can't save you, and that it was weak because of the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. I like that word likeness. Because of the virgin birth, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but did not have sinful flesh. He was born outside that curse on mankind. So it goes on to say that God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, condemn sin in the flesh. Notice this verse of scripture, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God could not redeem us as God, He had to become a human being because since we were human beings, a human being has to set us free, but a perfect human being. So God became a human being and through the humanity of Jesus Christ, we have been set free. It was the humanity of Jesus who died for our sins, condemned sin in his flesh. The God man, Jesus Christ took our sins and fulfilled the law through his perfect sinless life 
and also by his walk in this earth and by his crucifixion. This is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse five. On the cross, he said and cried out, it is finished. He simply meant the law is finished. The plan of redemption wasn't finished yet. But when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, the law was over. Because when he came in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse five, he said, I have come in the, in the fullness of the Old Testament to do your will, O God. I've come to complete all of it. I'm gonna keep every law, every jot, every tittle. What we could not do, Jesus Christ did because he came outside the curse on mankind. He wasn't born with sinful flesh. He came, oh, he could have, like Adam, said yes to Satan. Satan tempted him so often, but in all points tempted like we are, yet he was successful. He never yielded to sin one time. And by the time he went to the cross, he had fulfilled every law, every commandment. He had fulfilled every prophecy about him coming to the earth and dying for our sins. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. And when he did that, the law was over as far as having any control. So he said, it is finished. And because Jesus condemned sin in his flesh, we can conquer sin in our flesh, taking authority over it by walking in the spirit and walking in God's word. The law could never set an unbeliever or a believer free from the control of the flesh. But in fact, the law gave strength to the flesh instead of restraining it. So Jesus Christ came as a man in this earth, but he was God in the flesh. By being God in the flesh, he can satisfy both the claims of God and the claims of man. He's the perfect mediator. So uh, you might name other you know, religious figures, Mohammed, Buddha, others like that, and Joseph Smith, others you might mention, but you know what? They came in, in, in human flesh. They came in sinful flesh, and therefore they cannot. And so what these verses are telling us is there was only one redeemer. No wonder Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I heard somebody ask a question the other day. They said, well, how do you know you have the right religion? How do you know other religions aren't right? Are you saying that yours is right and everybody else is wrong? And the answer is yes, I am because Jesus said so. You say, well, that's just arrogance. No, 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 no. He told us that so we would know the truth. In fact, he came to tell us this is the right way. Isn't it nice that he told us the right way? That means the other ways are wrong. And you say, but how could he say that? Because he knows it for a fact. He came and told us the truth. He wants to save us from going down all the wrong roads by telling us what the right road is. And it's through him. He said, no man comes to the father, but by me, because no man could die for our sin because they would die with sinful flesh. Jesus Christ came in the likeness of sinful. He looked just like anybody else, but his flesh came outside the curse on mankind through the virgin birth. In fact, the law gave strength to the flesh instead of restraining it. And by trying to keep the law for salvation or keep the law as a Christian for spirituality, you just embolden your flesh because the law strengthens the flesh. But when I walk in the Holy Spirit and walk by the word of God, I am set free from the power of the flesh, although it still lives in me. And eventually by the time we come to chapter 12, the flesh can actually become your servant in this life. Let's go to verse four. Here's where we come to the breaking point in that the righteousness which is in the law can be fulfilled in us, but not because we try to keep the law, is because we walk by the power of the Spirit and later on this chapter by the power of the Word of God. When the Word of God and the Holy Spirit join together, you have the Word of which the Word can set you free from sinning in your life and the Holy Spirit can set you free from sinning in your life. Notice what verse four says that or in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. And here's where that phrase belongs, 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The walk of, of the spirit and walking free from the flesh is not something that brings us into salvation. No, it's something after salvation that brings us into spirituality or into discipleship with the Lord. All this is simply saying, when you learn to walk by the Holy Spirit and you learn to resist the temptations of the flesh, you begin to grow. This is what God wants. This is called the renewing of the mind, thinking according to God's plan. And in chapter 12, it's talking about there that the mind is the key to the Christian life as far as success in the Christian life. Doesn't make you a Christian, it makes you a successful Christian. So this is where the walk or the lifestyle of the believer is needed. When we begin to grow spiritually, we can't grow under the control of the flesh, but only under the control of the indwelling Holy Spirit. He lives in me, he simply wants to control me. Any deed that is done, must be while the believer is spiritual, not carnal. Fleshly control produces corruptible works. In other words, we'll get to heaven with them, but they'll be all burned up. God wants incorruptible works, which comes by being guided by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the word of God. And so fleshly control produces corruptible works. The other produces incorruptible works, which will be rewarded forever in eternity. This is just good stuff, isn't it? So let's go and find out about how you can have a copy of my book on Romans. I'll see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, Visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I want you to know that not only do I have a book on the, on the book of Romans, but I also have a flash drive and I have a CD with the same material on it. Now, this is wonderful for playing in the car. In fact, to me, the car is the best place to have it. You ever notice this? I mean, you have times in your life, it's fine to read books and listen to things in the house and stuff. But man, when you're driving, you usually just want to blank out. You turn on, you know, talk radio, you turn on your, you know, your, your gospel uh, music, or you turn on, you know, you turn on your rock and roll music or, or country music or something like that, because you just don't want to think. You just want to just blank out while you're driving to the office or wherever you're going to. And what the point of it is, if you listen to the word of God, what a great place to do so. I mean, you're not only, you know, going to your office, but you can usually listen to an entire sermon going and coming back. And so that's what you get whenever you receive the flash drive or else, you know, the CD. 
And this is wonderful. So again, I recommend highly that you do this. You might have the book, in fact, get one of each and you can have the book to go back and underline and study, but you have the one to listen to in the car. And I can tell you this, there's a time you're gonna have to stop it in the car and go, oh my gosh, I just gotta think about that. And you grow spiritually while you're doing something that mundane of just driving your car. And again, it becomes a great time of growth. So again, I highly recommend that. You can go to my website and find that on there. And again, what a great blessing that can be. Let's get back to Romans chapter eight and verse four. And here's what Jesus Christ did for us to set us free from the nature of the flesh. We still have it, but we can walk free from the nature of the flesh. That desire within us that pushes us and tempts us towards sin and toward carnality. And here's how he did it in verse four. Jesus Christ came in the likeness of sinful flesh in verse three, so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. I can't fulfill the law till I become born again, and I can't walk in the righteous requirements that the law gives me unless I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where that phrase I said that did not belong in verse one now belongs in verse four, so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. A sinner can't do this. And that's why verse one is not attached to this phrase. Verse four is, once I get born again and the Holy Spirit lives in me and I now can get a revelation of the word of God, now I have the power to walk free from the nature of the flesh and walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, this is where the walk, this is where the lifestyle of the believer is needed when we begin to grow spiritually. Walking in the Spirit is to help me grow spiritually, not to get the Holy Spirit to live in me. That was simple faith in Jesus Christ. But after he lives in me, now I turn to the Word of God. The object for faith for the sinner is Jesus, but the object of faith for the Christian is the Word. And we simply shift it from believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior to now the Word of God, and the Word of God helps us to grow and to begin to live like Jesus. No longer Am I just spiritually in the kingdom of God? I want the world to see that I am a member of the family of God and I become a simple Christian, a Jesus walking in this earth, a simple picture of him. And as he was, I am in this earth. We can't grow under the control of this flesh, but we can only grow under the control of the indwelling Holy Spirit and walking by the word of God. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Any deed done must be while we are spiritual, not carnal. Fleshly control produces corruptible works. And the other that is walking in the Holy Spirit and by the power of the word of God produces incorruptible works, which will be rewarded in heaven because Jesus conquered sin in his death on the cross. Once we receive him, we have the same power he had through the Holy Spirit living in us and the Holy Spirit coming upon us that we have power over our own flesh. And this is the new walk of righteousness, holiness in our life that increases every single day. This is the ever increasing journey of discipleship. Discipleship is something that's progressive every single day. We will never come to the fullness of it in this life, but we can come closer and closer every day to where one day we actually look at our life and say, my Lord, have I grown. I used to have problems with sin and those sins seem to have no effect on me anymore. Oh, I've still got some I'm conquering, but I'm a whole lot better today than I was 12 years ago when I got saved, a whole lot better than 10 years ago, a whole lot better than five years ago. I see myself growing and every day I have less 
problems with my flesh and the temptations of this life. You'll never get to a place where you're totally free of them, but you can come to the place where every single time you go, here you go again, trying to rise up. No, sir, I'm not gonna yield to you. I'm gonna yield to the Holy Spirit and walk by the word of God. And in that case, your body becomes a servant. Your hands become your servants. Your feet become your servant to where when God tells you to do something, this body can just transport you over there and you can lay hands on the sick, pray for them, feed those that are hungry, give finances to those that are poor, and witness to those that need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Look at verse five with me. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. There's your key right there. Those who live according to the flesh have set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, their mind is set on the things of the Holy Spirit. This verse is telling you the carnal and the spiritual believer I've spoken of here is the war that Paul came through in the past two chapters. He found his flesh warring against the spirit on the inside of him, the outward man arguing with the inward man. That the flesh arguing against the Holy Spirit and the recreated human spirit on the inside. And we're the dumb ones at the moment that don't realize our inward spirit is more powerful than the flesh. If we'll just say yes to the Holy Spirit and no to the flesh, we'll break into a whole new lifestyle. The dawning of a new day in our life where the sun has risen, the power of the word and the walk of the Holy Spirit simply tells us the future looks great. So the carnal and the spiritual believers spoken of here is the war that Paul came through in the past two chapters. The mind is the deterring factor between carnality and spirituality. The believer decides to listen to the nature of the flesh or to the nature of the Holy Spirit. It's always there before you every day. At this point of choice, the believer is under the control of one or the other, then being spiritual or carnal. He can choose to remain carnal or become spiritual by confessing his sins, being forgiven of it. And at that point, you return back to being a spiritual Christian. Look at verse six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Here we go. The swing vote is always your mind, your will. God wants us to will to walk by the inward voice of the Holy Spirit and the inward power of the word of God stored within us. That's why our mind filled with the word of God is the greatest defense we have next to the power of the Holy Spirit to walk free from the temptations of the flesh. What happens? Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. When we have the word inside of us and temptation comes to us and a scripture comes to mind, that's your spirit yelling out at you. This is the way you should walk, but you still have a choice to make. And sometimes it seems like the flesh can be strong, but understand something. No, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And greater is your spirit man than your fleshly man. One day, listen, I can tell you this, your spirit is eternal. Your flesh is temporary. This is the temporary nature trying to come against the eternal nature on the inside of you and understand one day I'm gonna have a resurrection body. Before then, if I die on this earth, I will not have a body for a while. I'll be in heaven as a recreated spirit. Uh, you know, in the book of Hebrews, Paul talked about in heaven, he saw the spirits of just men made perfect. He didn't see their bodies, he saw their spirits. But one day at the rapture of the church, if I die before the rapture, I won't see another body till the rapture occurs. I'll be in heaven in spirit form and I'll have no temptations of the flesh. Since the nature of the flesh comes because it lives inside my human body, I'll have it till I die. But once this flesh dies and I go to heaven, I'll be free from it. 
But one day I'll have a resurrection body and it's not made out of the dust of the ground. It's actually made out of my human spirit. And on that day, this natural body will die, but a spiritual body will be taken over. And the verse says in verse six again, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If I think according to what my flesh says, whatever I produce will die. It doesn't mean you're gonna die spiritually here. It means whatever you produce will die. The temporary flesh can only produce temporary things. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There was a show I used to watch when I was really young. It was called Lost in Space. And there was this family, they got marooned. They were in a spaceship and they, you know, ended up on this planet and they were lost in space. But this planet they found had, you know, they thought it was deserted. They found different things on it. But one day, this really cool story, they were out and they had a phaser gun. And uh, anyway, they, they, they were out hunting things and stuff. And one of them dropped it, didn't know where he dropped it. And so they had to get back because they didn't know what went on at nighttime on this planet. So they went back and slept in the ship. And the next day they went out looking for it and they found it, but there was two of them. They just left one the night before, dropped it there and didn't know where it was. But they, when they finally found it, retraced their steps, they found a second one there. And they thought, this is really odd. And they went and took it back to the ship with them. And they wanted to have that happen, but they went back out to the place again and realized it had happened under this big flower. So they took the flower back into the spaceship with them and they would lay things at the bottom of it. And the next day come back and there was another one. This flower had the capability of taking this phaser gun, making another one, taking, you know, a helmet, making another helmet. And they were just amazed. They thought this king can keep reproducing stuff. But after a couple of days, you know what happened? The phaser gun that this one had made fell apart and they found out what it was. This wasn't a real phaser gun. It was a flower that looked like a phaser gun. What am I saying? That they looked at it and it looked just like a phaser gun, but when they picked it up, what they found out was no, it, it just it was just a flower. A flower can't produce a piece of metal. A flower can't produce a gun. A flower can only produce flower. You understand what I'm saying? Your flesh can only produce flesh. What the flower could produce was as temporary as the flower itself. And eventually that flower died, so did everything it had made. I'm here to tell you one day your flesh will die and everything it made will die because why? The flesh can only produce flesh. If you want eternal things, let the Holy Spirit produce it. Let the Spirit, because whatever the the Spirit produces is eternal. To be carnally minded always produces death-doomed things. You can come up with an answer in your own flesh, but you know what? It's a temporary answer. It will only last for a while, but whatever eternal answers come to you, come to you through your eternal spirit and the eternal Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. To be spiritually minded produces life and peace. It produces eternal thing. Since the mind determines the swing vote, it determines whether a believer is carnal, following the flesh, or spiritual, following the Holy Spirit inside of you. It depends on the choice that you make out of your own will. The spiritual mind is under the control of the Holy Spirit and God himself. The carnal mind is under the control of the flesh and the world and Satan himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Choosing to use 1 John 1, 9 changes carnality back to spirituality. What the flesh can produce again is temporary, doomed to perish. This is why the flesh is temporary and what it produces is temporary. What the spirit can produce is eternal because the recreated spirit itself is eternal. 
Who has control of you at the moment? Well, it's all the one that you allow to have control in you. Two are vying for position to control you inside of you. One is the spirit that lives inside your body. The other is your body itself. Both are vying for control. The swing vote comes of your will. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to control your life or will you allow the flesh to control your life? In either case, you can't be controlled by both. The moment you choose to operate by the Holy Spirit, the flesh has no control over you. It can shout and scream all it wants to, but you're being controlled by the Spirit. If you're controlled by the flesh, the Holy Spirit will shout and scream, but it will not control you. It will wait for you to come back and you come back to the control of the Spirit by simply confessing your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.